0: to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now, here's your host, my dad, Brian Scott. Greetings from the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Um, we are back, and believe it or not, this is is episode number 30. Hard to believe, um, but I have got one of an amazing guest tonight that I met through the Twitter sphere. Um, this young lady reached out to me, and after I read her bio, um, I was convinced that I had to hold on to her and she had to be a special episode. So that's kind of why I've been holding on to this one. And uh, we're going to drop some truth on episode 30. Um, So my girl tonight is from the West Coast. Um, Her name is Ikra Shaikh. And I'm going to read this bio. She is the founder and CEO of Tutoring in Teams, an ed tech startup focused on bringing team-based learning to a digital world through better software technology and tools, and the founder and co-host of The Probcast which I will say is very, very cool. I listened to today, a mentor for The Mentorless, a podcast about real world problems. She wants every lifelong learner to dream more, learn more, do more. She also serves as a director at the Network for Sustainable Financial Markets and as an executive advisor to a couple startups. Um, So that's a whole lot of way of saying that this is a very smart girl, lady that knows a little bit, um, about tech. And so I'm super excited to welcome Ikra. Thank you so much for being here tonight.
1: No, thank you for having me. And for, you know, when I came across the podcast, the big ed idea, I just fell in love with the concept because I think that, you know, everyone has brilliant ideas, no matter where they are and you're giving a voice to that. And that's just so awesome. So thank
0: you. Hey, no problem. Yeah. When I, uh, when I, dream this whole thing up um it was basically around the premise just like you said everybody has an idea of how we could um improve education change the world through education and so you know why not um yeah why not just hit record and see what happens and um it's really cool really 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 cool actually um that you are the 30th person to do this so um i'm super stoked
1: well i'm I'm happy to be here and you know It's not going to stop at 30. There's going to be more amazing guests. So this is really just the beginning, right?
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we are going to get started with the uh, two for two segment. And as I was telling you, and as my listeners know, this is kind of my way of modeling connections before content. Um, It's really, in my opinion, pointless to talk about anything of substance before you know each other, Um, just because, you know, it helps to empathize and You know, we are people first and uh, knowledge second. So, Ikra, I've got a couple questions for you. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and ask you these questions, and then we'll flip the table and you can ask me. Sound good? Perfect. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm very random. So these are going to be just random. Um, So, okay. Imagine that every time you walk into a room, a certain song plays, and that's like the song that you walk into wherever you're at, what would that song be?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, cause I feel like songs for me are associated with places and experiences. Yeah. So it would have to change depending on where I was. Okay. Right? So let's
0: so let's say you were so, walking. So we need to paint
1: the picture a little okay. more.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So you okay. So listen, everybody goes to the supermarket. So just imagine it's a Saturday morning. You are strolling into the supermarket. You walk through those big, beautiful sliding doors. Everybody hears the music of Icra. What is that?
1: This is gonna sound terrible, but you know, there's like that <laughs> one fruit salad song. Like, it just imagine walking to a grocery store and you just hear that song, which is like fruit salad, yummy, yummy. I feel like that'd just be the funniest <laughs> thing on
0: earth. No, <laughs> like I could totally- I, s- If that
1: happened every grocery store experience, I don't think I'd ever be mad in life.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no. That's actually, man, that's a very cool idea Then maybe we could sell to like, I don't know what kind of kind of restaurants or uh, uh, grocery stores you have have out there, but imagine we could hook people's GPS- up to this supermarket, and every time somebody in- enters that door, a different song plays based on whatever they've played on Spotify recently. There you I'm go. Sure be
1: an algorithm for that. <laughs> there you go,
0: man. There's another million million dollar idea for you. All right, oh. so um, this one's a little serious, but not really. Um, but what is one invention that you would uninvent and why? OK, so we could go really deep and we could get really serious or it could be totally, totally not serious at all, whichever you want to take it.
1: Um, yeah, I feel like it would probably be. Like any ism, racism, sexism, all of these ideas that people have in their head. I think these are just ideas. They're inventions, right? They're, they're false notions of superiority over somebody else for whatever reason. So I feel like the world would be a much better place if we didn't have that. So that's kind of what what I would say.
0: Okay. Nix the isms. I like that idea.
1: Yeah. Well, one ism at a time. <laughs> let's, let's go down the line.
0: Listen, that's a t-shirt right there. One ism at a time
1: that's actually not a bad idea for a t-shirt
0: <laughs> listen we are spitting some stuff here tonight all right oh, Ikra, what you got it's gonna me? have to
1: be the, the the twitter post that you do <laughs> killing okay. one ism at a time there we go
0: i'm gonna write yeah. that down i'm gonna write that uh, down yeah that's a good idea okay all right my friend what uh you know what questions you have for me
1: okay this is this is a very important question hmm. um, if you could be a fruit what type of fruit would you be and why this is like a three-part question but i'm Ooh. just gonna roll, lump it in as one question but okay
0: okay if i could be any fruit oh, like
1: what fruit represents you? you you know kind of kind of something along those lines as well
0: okay what fruit represents me so i'm gonna say blackberries um Maybe, okay, so BlackBerry, like this is how my mind works. So I associate blackberries with a device. Um, and with a device, you use a device, you can use a device to access knowledge. So I am a person that is constantly trying to learn. Um, I don't ever sit still. Like I, I don't, I don't know how to sit still. So if I am up moving, I usually am reading something, listening to a podcast um, I firmly believe in improving yourself. Um, hashtag evolve or die, which will be my next um, tattoo. So a Blackberry, but then also, and this is really weird about me. Every Tuesday morning, I eat a, an entire container of Blackberries. It, it's really random. Um, yeah, that's, but that's me.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's the first time I've ever gotten Blackberry. Oh, like I've asked that question to so many people, and that's the first time I've gotten blackberry. and I love how you just flip that where you're just like, because most people will be like, oh, it's this fruit because it's like, you know, it tastes like this, so it's like hard on the outside, but I'm kind of sweet and sour on the inside, right? But right? This one was just like this one you just took it like into the clouds, you know, like with the blackberry, you know, just like, this is good.
0: Listen, I'm like, a weirdo. I was impressed. I'm a weirdo, like, and level. I uh, I take that to heart.
1: No, that's good. Okay. And then what is the best place you've traveled to?
0: Okay. Or worst. Um, okay. No, let's do the best. Um, my most favorite trip I've ever taken. I went to Sweden. Um, let's see. I graduated high school and that summer I went to Sweden for three weeks. Um, we had an exchange student my like junior year or something. And I met him and his dad. Let's see. I flew to London took a train to Berlin, met them. And then we drove up to Sweden and I spent three weeks in Sweden. Um, one of those weeks was on a, I camped on an island off the coast of Sweden called Erland during a um, big festival or something where like all the teenagers from Sweden go to this festival and it's just like a week long party. Um, nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for an 18 year old. I would probably die if I went back and tried to do it again. But, but yeah, then you won was, when you were 18. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, uh, I, I've talked quite a bit about my wandering years and um, I am definitely a lot older than those days.
1: Oh, that's good though. I feel like, you know, it, it's good to get old. It means you're, you're still alive. So yeah, it's amen. A good thing.
0: Amen. And it was, I'll tell you, I grew up in a very rural community. Zero diversity. Um, Very, very little of any other languages. I think we had some Hispanic students there, but the only reason they were there is because their families worked at a local poultry plant. Um, Mm. And so I really hadn't seen much. And so traveling to Europe was like the first time that I got to really like, my eyes were opened. And, um, you know, I met tons of different people of different faiths um i remember it was just a great experience and and um yeah I, i'm really hoping my own daughters get to get out of the the get out of our borders
1: yeah no it's definitely definitely an eye-opening experience so i hope so too i hope they find it you know i'm not an advocate of like studying abroad so
0: amen i wish Maybe. everybody could oh yeah Oh yeah. Amen. All right. So now that you know me a little bit better and you know how weird I am um, and I know you a little bit better as well, I'm ready to uh, jump into the substance and the meat of this whole shebang. Does that sound good to you?
1: Sounds great. Let's do okay. it.
0: Okay. So normally um, on these episodes, I ask people how they got into education. Um, so, but you know, you're not a normal education um, guest like I would have. You know, you don't, you don't work in, a, in the actual elementary or high school setting. Um, so, but talk to me about, you know, how did you find your way into the ed space?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, so I've always had like a very tumultuous experience, I think, with education, right? So like in elementary school, we like moved places. So then adjusting to a new school was hard. had some tough times there and then, you know, went off to middle school, had rough social times and then kind of went off to high school and it was just a miserable experience. And then, you know, didn't do too well there. And then at some point I was like, okay, I kind of need to need a change. So I did middle college and then pretty much over there, I really succeeded in school, kind of actually started liking learning, which was new. Where was that? Um, So I went to... Uh, Monta Vista High School, so it's pretty much one of the, the top schools in in the country, right? Um, and then is, but it was highly hyper competitive.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And you know, to me, it was just not fun or enjoyable.
0: Sounds stressful.
1: Yeah, it sucked, and <clears> I was just <throat> like, I'm not buying into the hype of stressing out over this because one, we'll you know, I'm not gonna very stubborn, so it's like no. Um, but then I went off to community college at De Anza college, which is also a wonderful school. And then, you know, found professors that like loved teaching, right. Found professors that just like excited me about whatever they were teaching because they like genuinely enjoyed it. So it was like, I really enjoyed school and learning and kind of found a love of it. And so it was like, what could make a really bad student for a really good student. So that was like, okay, cool. And then transferred over to Berkeley. Which is awesome, but then it just sucked again. So I was like, okay, this is like like a little roller coaster ride. And throughout that journey, there was just so many things where it was like one really hard for me to figure out what I wanted to major in.
0: Yeah, I get that.
1: And so I was like, why isn't there some technology like we're in the twenty first century to make this easier? So I was like, oh, maybe I should start something like that. And then after I graduated, I was like, let me like let me research and see if I can figure this out. And pretty much I researched more into like the education industry and it's I don't know if you've researched into it but it gets depressing yeah it's, you start to realize the disparity of like opportunities this disparity of like educational outcomes and then that just didn't sit right with me just even in terms of how we fund education right so it was just oh, like yeah. I discovered I mean. just all these things that I just hated about how education works and you kind know, of got really depressed because it was like, why are people okay with this? Like, Why are we as a society allowing this? And then was like, okay, well, let me just try to figure out this whole major thing. Tried to get that startup funded. It didn't work out. Everyone was like, you need a business model. So I was like, fine, I'll go do a master's in business so I can just figure this out. And you know, a lot of the different funding models that we were looking at for that startup would just promote inequity. Right. So it's like, well, I don't want to be a part of the problem if I'm trying Absolutely. to like be a part yeah. of the solution. Yeah. And that just didn't sit well with me, uh, which is pretty much now transformed into my podcast, the PropCast. So it's like a mentor for the mentor list. Um, and then maybe we'll get to the part where we actually help people figure out what they want to major in. Maybe not, but it's also just everyone's got a different story and interest and it's going to change. Like 80% of students change their majors at least once. So it's like, you, you can't predict that. <laughs> There's no way. Um, so kind of just coming to that realization, but you can also just give people access to more information so that way they can make better informed decisions. And so that's kind of, you know, also what we kind of touch on a little bit in the podcast as well. And so, yeah, so then kind of went back to this whole idea of like, let's go back to pivoting education, you know, kind of finished up my master's in April, May and, you know, realized I'm a pretty social learner so like my little sister she's been struggling with school and so before she was like a fantastic student but this whole pandemic just is like tanked everybody's grades and it was like well I was like okay like I made it through school I was like how did I do that I was like I'm not the smartest person I was like but what I did do is I found the smartest person in the room and asked them to teach me I was like okay like and yeah sure I get them to explain it to me then I'm gonna get it and they were kind enough to explain it. So I was like, well, how would you do that in a digital world? And that's kind of where tutoring in teams came from, where it was like, okay, how can we figure out that problem? And um, so that's that's a bit of my experience. So it's really just all the pain points and all the things that I hate about education. That's kind of pushed me in that direction of like, how can we change it? How can we make it better? How can we improve learning outcomes, improve outcomes you know, in meaningful ways yeah. versus just, catering to test scores. Cause I don't think that that's going to actually make an impact on somebody's
0: life, but yeah. Hey man, a couple of things i want to reflect on. You said um, about kids in college and finding their way. And um, the other day I came across a statistic that like 33% of, of high of college students finish in four years, um, 65% finish in six years. Um, and kind of that takes me to talk about your inequity, you know, just the, the cost of college and um, how hard it is for kids to figure out what they want to do. And um, there's not really a lot of, of uh, flexibility for a kid to go different ways or kind of locked in. Um, but, but I love also the fact, cause I'm a very firm believer of just let's blow up this whole system and rebuild it. Um, I'm a firm believer of thinking outside of the box. I'm a firm believer uh, of things just have to change. Um, I love any book by um, Mr. Ted Dentersmith. He talks a lot about the changing workforce and how our education system is literally um, like 50 years behind where it needs to be. So I'm super excited to talk to you tonight about your idea. Um, So I think we kind of hit on it, but maybe we need to go a little bit deeper into what do you think is the actual problem of education that your idea hopes to solve?
1: Yes, I think one of the problems is that we view education as a very isolated activity. Right. And like kind of going back to what we were talking about, you know, before we started recording, which is this whole idea of connections. Right. And even like when you have that first, you know, thing where you're like, Hey, we need connections before content. Right. So there's a certain aspect of connections. I think that's missing from education. And I think it's amplified in a digital world. Right. Because there's just so much isolation of technology. And I don't think it's because people don't understand these concepts I think it's because there's just a little gap over there that we need to tweak and bridge right the so one part of it's like a technology component where it's like hey maybe there's some limitations of the actual technology and tools that we're using but the other aspect is how are we using it right you know what I mean you can be an educator and you have a classroom right and you can use that classroom in a million different ways right you can have people get up you can have them move around you can have them talk to each other Right, you can keep everyone isolated. You can have everyone sit in rows, only paying attention to you. Right, so you can do the same thing in a digital world. But now the thing is, is that students can choose whether or not to engage with you. Right. So there's a shift in dynamics. Where now you, as an educator, and it's not to say that you're being performative. It's not to say that you're on a stage and like a monkey dancing. Right, because not that's not there at all. It's just that you have to be more engaging to get the other person to lean in, to listen, to actually care about what you're saying. Right. And it's easier to care about somebody if you have a connection. Right. And it's easier to like, you know, I think the thing about this analogy, right. It's like, and, and this is like, you know, there's a lot of people who join the military and like, you'll ask these altruistic people who've like, you know, gone and saved lives and done whatever. It's like why well, I, I went out and I went back for them because I care about them. Right. It wasn't, for anything else other than the fact that they cared. Yeah. So, how do you bring these same team building principles into education? And I think education is so tied to that factory model of just, you know, just churning things out. Versus now we're in an innovation economy, right, where people actually need to be creative. They need to make connections. And like, if we're talking about some of the problems that we're going to be facing in the 21st century, we need everyone and everyone's brain power to solve this stuff. Yeah. Because I think we can do it. It's just a matter of being not only resourceful but being clever and being kind and being compassionate and i think that that's the the stuff that's missing from education um it's funny i was reading this future of jobs report survey and so it's like by the world economic forum they do this and if you look at the skill sets of people who are employed versus people who are unemployed and where they're looking to upskill right everyone who's unemployed is like looking to get more technical skills and everyone who's employed is looking to get more like skills like kindness like gratitude
0: yeah
1: those soft skills where it's like there's something missing in our education system if in like the future of jobs report that everyone who's employed is like we need to be kind <laughs> like there's an issue right like can we just acknowledge that
0: oh i i true i want to hit on two of the two of the two things that i really thought about as you were talking um So we literally live in an on-demand society um, where pretty much we can point and click anything we want. We can bring up any piece of information that's ever existed. Um, And so no more, no longer are the teachers the smartest people in the room. Um, I've talked about this before that, you know, at one time kids came in, they sat down, they listened to the teacher because the teacher was probably the smartest person that they knew. Um, now, however, they don't need to listen to the teacher because all they need to do is Google it, um, and so I think that speaks to that connection piece that you're talking about. Um, particularly if 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 an educator doesn't take the time to develop that connection with that student, then kind of like you said, the student's going to check out, and if they're really interested in whatever that information was, they're going to find it somewhere else. Um, and what I another piece that you were talking about this innovation. So, um, this education model has got to turn from the, um, you know, use a can opener, open up a kid's head, dump in the content, um, to instead the kid accesses some type of knowledge and then it is the teacher's job to facilitate what that student does with that knowledge, whether it's a performance-based task or a critical thinking or solving some type of issue, um, so I'm very excited. Let's jump into what your solution is um, to this big problem.
1: Yeah. So kind of the, I mean, I, I mentioned like a bajillion problems there. So like I, we're not gonna be able to solve all of that. We're gonna <laughs> Come try. On. So yeah. I said we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try. All right. We're gonna okay, do, well, do a value. Fine.
0: Let's pick right. one and solve it.
1: And so kind of the the main problem that we're focused in on and really with tutoring in teams is how do you create peer-to-peer interactions in a digital world, right? And I think that that's going to be, one, increasingly important as online education happens, as hybrid learning happens. And I think it's also skills that are going to translate into a digital world, in a digital workforce, which is something that we're in, where we people have distributed teams, right? Now you need to manage a lot of that. And, you know, COVID might have caused it, but I don't think it's going to go away. No. Like, you know,
0: I think it amplified it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like 100x did. I was reading somewhere that, you know, 1.7 billion students have shifted to an online education. Wow. That's, that's just crazy. And if you think about internet access, it's like, what about those other, you know, 7.2 billion or whatever that we have?
0: And then that speaks to the inequity um, issues. Um, I know here in Kentucky, it's very, internet is not you know, like it should be, but, you know, hopefully with um, I think president Biden is really pushing in his infrastructure plan. So hopefully fingers crossed that there will be kind of a shift in that, but yeah, keep going.
1: Oh yeah. No. And and kind of going back to the education, uh, the internet thing is that I was reading somewhere like 60% of rural Americans don't have internet access. And that just, that blew my mind. I was just like, what that so. It's it definitely, you know, when, when I talk about these problems, it's, it's very close to the US because that's kind of like my frame of reference, right? It's sure. where I grew up. It's what I know. Um, but yeah, no. So that's kind of a bit about what we're doing and kind of the, the impetus behind it. So it's kind of a bit more forward looking. But I also think that, you know, anything amazing that people do, right? Like getting somebody to the moon like NASA did, it's a collective effort, right? It's never just one genius sitting alone, doing it. There's always a network of people around them. So people need to learn to work together. And so that's kind of the future of education that I want to see is one that's more collaborative, one that's more interdisciplinary, and one that's more problem-solving oriented. Um, so kind of just baby steps to, to get us to that future is, is what, what my objective is right now.
0: <laughs> so what are some ideas that you have, tangible ideas that somebody that's listening um, what is something that they could do within their own classroom or maybe, um, maybe online to maybe shift to more of a collaborative, um, inquiry-based type of, uh, environment?
1: Yeah, so I think one is in terms of signaling, right, like you as an educator, you're the leader of your classroom, right, people will pick up, students will pick up from whatever you're doing or you're saying or you're suggesting, right, so, there's a difference between telling people to go read right and this is something that like some of my professors and teachers would do is be like hey you guys all go read different sections and then share your ideas with one another right
0: oh yeah yep
1: yep and I mean sometimes you'll just miss the content completely because everyone's not reading it but (laughs) occasionally like you'll get more insights from that because everyone's taking away different lessons from what they're reading right so just kind of how do you incorporate more of these practices where people can interact and talk with one another right because i think that the value in education is not really and you know i think it's something that like einstein said it's not in the learning of facts or being able to regurgita- regurgitate them it's in the learning of what is it it's not in the learning of facts but it's in the learning of like how training your mind to think right and to think yeah. critically of new things there we go I totally butchered that quote but <laughs> you, you google it you can find it right that's in 21st that's century right um so it's just like how can we start to train people's minds to think and how can we get people to think collectively like even if you look back to like what is it like the the renaissance right or the period of enlightenment right these all these philosophers just like bouncing ideas off of one another can we just acknowledge that it's not like they lived in a vacuum and they just sat there and thought of these ideas it was because they read and engaged with one another and they're like well i agree with you here but i disagree with you here right? So how can you promote those ideas in your rooms, right? So it's easy in a classroom, right? You're like, okay, you you four get in a group and talk, right? But now there's a shift where it's like, okay, now you need to do, you can do the same thing in a digital world, but you need to also make sure that people actually communicate with one another, right? It's like why all these events have icebreakers, right? So I think the level of planning which sucks because it's like you lost in planning is already hard and now you have to go add in like this collaborative element but if you don't build it in it's not going to exist in your systems so you you know what i mean it's it's a trade-off right it sucks but it's like i think it's important
0: yeah i mean even in a so even if your classroom is digital um basically all that means is that you know the kids aren't sitting next to each other that doesn't mean that you shouldn't put time and effort into building you know the community of the classroom kind of the same stuff that you would do in a typical classroom you know kids sharing their opinions about things kids telling their backstories Um, you do those same things in a digital classroom Um, because like you're saying once those kids once those barriers come down and then you can put them in the breakout sessions and they're going to talk they're going to have those tough conversations um, but I think first and foremost, you just got to put the, the effort and the planning into the actual community.
1: Exactly. And I mean, like, think of it this way. You have a few perks with the digital world, right? Like, if you have everyone in the classroom, it's difficult to get everyone to quiet down once they've started talking. Now you can just mute everybody all at <laughs> once. <So> like,
0: <laughs> exactly you right. win some,
1: you lose some. <laughs>
0: like- That's exactly right. Or you could be like my kindergartner. Um, she did some of the best work while sitting on the toilet.
1: oh that's hilarious
0: well it's her her name is hazel but we affectionately call her hurricane hazel because you never really know what she's going to be doing um but during all this pandemic stuff um there were multiple months where she was always at home and they had to log on to their google classroom stuff but yeah like she would spend an hour in the bathroom sitting on the toilet but man she did some great work
1: I mean, whatever works. <laughs> whatever <You're> not, works. <laughs> whatever works. Whatever
0: works. But what I also like about this digital learning is that, and and maybe jumping back to this broadband mm-hmm. that you were talking about, there is zero reason why we can't, why somebody living in rural, say Appalachia, mm-hmm. um, can't be working in Nashville, Tennessee, which is about three hours away pulling a Nashville paycheck into Appalachia and then spending that money in their own community. Um, I think there's a huge, huge, huge opportunity for rural um, coding and rural, you know, all of these computer things, um, that don't really require an office don't really require you to leave. But then at the same time, why can't a kid in say, say South America, um, remote into a classroom in say iowa you know or um why why can't we do that and then what that does is this kid that maybe comes from a system where the education system is not up to par um now we've just completely you know changed his tra- trajectory
1: yeah i mean i think i think there's so many things we could do with it right i think it's just a matter of do we want to and do we have the motivation to right like it's You know, it's, it's yeah. Like not to be, it's it's all about execution. You can have a million dollar idea, but unless you do something about it and take tangible steps, it's worth, it's worthless. It's like, yeah, it's just, just an idea.
0: And understanding and understanding that anytime you move the needle forward, you're going to piss people off. Um, And for me, I'm okay with that. If I know at the end of the day, that i have improved something by one percent um so you know in and especially in the education space people really like the status quo um especially and I'm, this is going to sound a little uh maybe negative maybe let's i'm just gonna go for it um education textbook companies and education software companies sometimes have a vested interest in keeping the status quo. Um, you know why? Why teach a kid to re- why teach a kid to read in one year when you can stretch that out and stretch the profits out in three to four years? Um, I think sometimes we have the same things that go on um, behind the scenes in the education world.
1: Um, I think that's. And, and this is my perspective, right? I think that that's something that's taught in business schools to people. I don't think that that's an issue that's just limited to education. I think you see that in farms, like you know, big pharma. I think you see that in finance, and really, to me, that speaks to, like the more moral and ethical crisis that nobody talks about. If you look at the biggest scandals that have happened, it's always been people who've gone to top universities, right? Show me somebody who's done something. You know what i mean at one of these large companies that doesn't I have a very nice pedigree yeah so i think that there is a bias there and i think that that's something that's being taught and and this is kind of a topic that i'm keenly interested in what i title it as is miseducation mm-hmm. and, and it happens on both sides right i think it happens on you know there's this, this goodbye carter goodwin wilson he talks about like the miseducation of the negro and he talks about how people of African-American descent are taught to like limit themselves and limit their opportunities and limit what they should be doing. But I think on the flip side of it, right, you also have a miseducation of people of privilege where they don't feel the responsibility to get back. And, and let's be clear, it's a responsibility, right? If you, amen. amen, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that people forget that they're going to be, I, I mean, I just, I believe that I'm a firm believer in accountability. Absolutely. And I think that you know you can't ignore that and no one's holding these people accountable and it's because you don't understand these complex systems that you're getting screwed over in so many ways without you realizing it and you know what nobody cares and this is something I've talked to some other people about but and, and maybe this is something that you know is unpopular but it's like rich people don't care about you or your problems because we live in a world of information right you can go google anything and it's up to you to sift through the information. We live in an era where information is so widely available. So if you're like, for lack of a better term, not improving yourself, that's your problem. And that's sure. how they view it. They don't view it as a responsibility to help.
0: Sure. Yeah. Because, Collectivism versus uh, individualism.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I think it's also just, you. it's, it's like a an idea of like rugged, individualism where I yeah. pulled myself up by this, but it's in reality, it's not that, right? Like no companies would exist without the infrastructure that we've already been building up for years, right? So it's just an ignoring of like history, it's a very toxic mindset that gets reinforced by the educational system. And until you kind of understand that and like take action against it, then you're not really gonna see a change from either side So I think like as educators, it sucks because you're dealing with a system that's one, not paying you guys enough. It's keeping you guys at the poverty line for most, most educators, which I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are, you know what I mean? It's like, how can we collectively change that?
0: Sure. And how
1: can we hold people accountable? Because you shouldn't be getting mad at like the parents or whatever. You should be getting mad at your legislators because they're the ones who are kind of controlling the budgets and allocating the funds in very inequitable ways. And like, if you're okay with, you know, your education systems be funding by property tax, you're now just promoting inequity. Like, sorry.
0: Listen, amen. I live, I teach in a County, um, that at one time was like number two coal producing County in the state of Kentucky and in the state of Kentucky, um, Coal that is actively being mined is counted as property and taxed as property. So at one point, the county that, that I teach in or I'm a principal in had, you know, a lot of money because there was a lot of coal. But then when all of those mines closed, um, that county is it's not where it needs to be anymore because, like you said, property. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a topic I could go on for days and days and days and days. Um, so I'm going to throw this out. If anybody out there is listening and you have any big ideas about school funding that you would like to discuss, let's talk about it. Cause that's something I would love to talk about. Um, but Ikra, let's take it back. Cause we went off on a tangent, which I told you <laughs> I am totally cool uh, with, totally oh cool with, cause this is just two folks sitting down, just chewing the fat. Um, let's take it back to your, um, so tutoring and teams. Is that a, is that a website or is that a, like a a company? What is that?
1: So we, we just incorporated uh, like in April. And so we're, we're making it a thing, which is really exciting. Um, right now we're in conversations with the technology partner. Um, so we're hoping to have an actual, you know, think of it as like a GDPR compliant zoom, right? So, data protection right there. You don't have to worry about student privacy. You don't have to worry about safety with more immediate feedback loops built into the system. So that way you as an educator, if you're teaching a digital class or a hybrid class, you have a better way of assessing where people are because now they can tell you versus with some of these systems, you can't get that immediate feedback. So it makes it like 10 times more hard. And you know, if everyone has their video off, you can't see the confused places or like whatever, you know, I remember so many times in classes where like teachers would be like, "You don't get it. What do you not get?" And I'd be yeah. like, well, "I'd be too shy to say." It. And I'd be like, "I don't, I don't get it." But I was just gonna ask somebody after class to explain it. <laughs> but, like,
0: but they could see the look on your face.
1: Oh yeah, they could just see that I was totally lost, like like you know, ten yards behind, and we're already like at the end of the marathon. I'm like, oh, I'm still like
0: I'm still, <laughs>
1: still in the first yard here.
0: That's how uh, I was in chemistry.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't even, I can't even remember chemistry. Um, so is this uh, looking
0: to be like an actual like a product that a school system would buy or
1: yeah so we're we're kind of looking to hopefully make it like a digital infrastructure so think of like how you would invest in your classrooms how you invest in your technology there now you can invest in your digital classrooms and technologies through through the software Um, so that's what, what we're looking to build out right now also just building in more um you know communication tools so think of like a hybrid between discord slack so that way students can actually talk to one another right it's, yeah. and do it in a safe environment right because i feel like that's something that's missing right sure, and like a little sure. bit of oversight and accountability in there um, so that's what we're working towards um, so hopefully we'll have a product um, we're still finalizing the agreement so i don't want to like you know yeah. jinx anything here right. um, so, yeah, but it's all, it's all exciting things. And we're hoping to have, you know, a lot of live support too, because it's like, you know, sometimes things go wrong and you just need somebody there to just call and just walk you through some of the technology or just some of the different features that, you know, there's how many features in the tool and until you know how to use them all. It's, you know, it's, there's a little bit of a learning curve and we want to be there to, to support educators as best as we can. So that's a little bit about what we're um, hoping to do from the company side
0: very cool very cool okay so um as we are starting to wrap up um i have just got to say this has been a very cool conversation um i really number one i kind of resonate with you as far as like i can tell you're a dreamer um i can tell that you walk around and you like envision all of these solutions to different problems and um sometimes when it's like sometimes when you're like that it's hard to rein it into one thing like you want to go oh, yeah. you know you want to go six different directions um so i'm super excited to see this direction though tutoring in teams i think it's something that's needed i think it's uh, it, it's going to be a cool kind of alternative to zoom and google meets um i'm excited to see kind of what it looks like and how it feels like and um so yeah, like I, I totally resonate with you and that's cool. So don't stop. We need oh, yeah. we need people like that.
1: Oh, no, no, that wasn't planning on it. And I mean, there's there's some other stuff that we've got in the pipeline too, in terms of, okay, now that we've kind of figured out a little bit of the classroom, we're hoping to kind of figure out how we can build more community, right? And build more processes where like, let's say you're a school and you have alumni that have graduated, like, can we build in some mentoring schemes or platforms into this, right? Like how Perfect. many- aspects of interconnections can we build into it? So I don't think that it's going to be limited to just tutoring or just working in teams. We're going to, you know, expand the definition of the team. So that's kind of, uh, kind of some stuff that we've got down the line planned out. So it'll, it'll be good.
0: Sweet. We'll keep on dreaming. Oh yeah. So, uh, as we end, is there anything um, that you want to say that I didn't ask you or um, any, any, I don't don't know, words of wisdom, any knowledge you want to drop for the folks that are listening?
1: So there's probably like one of my favorite quotes, which is, and I think this is like where I've taken my life philosophy and um, a lot of things from, but it's like, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more and do more and become more, you are a leader. So to all the educators out there, you guys are leaders because, you know what I mean? When I think about all the countless educators that have inspired me to like either do more, dream more, learn more, And I'm still working on the becoming more part, but like, you know, that's, that's just something that I just want to give a shout out to, because I know your, your podcast is all about the educators in that community. So I just, you know, props to you guys. So I feel like you guys don't get appreciated or loved on enough for all the hard work you guys do. Thank you. So
0: thank thank you very much. No, thank you very much. Um, And so in closing, um, so here in Kentucky, Um, it, it appears we are starting to see the end of this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Um, it's, it's starting, you know, I'm not going to say that we're at the end because I don't think we are, but there's hope and there's optimism Mm -hmm. coming. Um, and for so long, everything was totally digital, our school. And what I really hope is that when we come out of all of this, that we don't go back to normal. Um, I hope there is still a piece that involves the digital, um, learning and, you know, the way to access education from remote places. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that you are really working on the digital side, but kind of how to make that digital side more, um, human, human. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So thank you very much, Ikra, for being with me here tonight. Um, if you ever need anything, I don't know what, please reach out to me. Um, you got an idea you want to, you know, throw at somebody, hey, I'll be here to listen.
1: All right. Sounds good. And then, you know, thank you for having me. Um, if anyone's interested, I also run a podcast called The Probcast. That's right. That's right. Plug here. Um, it's a mentor for the mentor list. A lot of it is really about, you know, kind of me reflecting on my own journey through like high school, college like as a young adult and professional and just kind of like what advice would have helped me get to that next level. And so if you guys listen to it, would love the feedback on it, you know, share it with anyone who you think will find it useful. And yeah, would love to, you know, stay connected and thank you for the kind offer. I don't think you know the door you've opened up, but I'll definitely be bugging you.
0: <laughs> no, bug away. Bug away. And 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 actually I almost forgot to ask. So how can how can folks get a hold of you?
1: So you can find me on Twitter. Um, so my personal Twitter handle is at the Ikra Shake, So the i k r a I Q R A Shake S H A I K H. I also have a website, IkraShake.com. and those are the ways to just reach me directly. Um, but if you're interested in the Probcast, the Probcast.com, um, So it's it's pretty pretty simple Wait,
0: <laughs> tweet, tweet. Just well google
1: whatever the idea is and there's that's right a URL for it <laughs> that's
0: right or you know alexa it exactly. maybe you could say hey alexa find icra's shake and maybe that'd be really cool the, the,
1: the spelling is going to be so off yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna find anything
0: hey um, if you ever need a guest for the podcast, hit me up
1: oh yeah no i mean season two is all about the power of possibilities so we're recording that right now
0: And so it's just about
1: the different stories that people have taken and journeys that they've had. And, you know, if they ended up where they thought they would end up and how they ended up where they are now and whether they thought they would be there.
0: No freaking way. Did I ever imagine I would be where I am today? No, no way.
1: Yeah. And so just kind of, you know, trying to get a broad spectrum of people, but keep an eye out for that. That'll be dropping
0: when it drops. I'm um, still, still in the work <laughs> that's a great one. so yeah it's dropping uh when it drops all right yeah well that's pretty self-explanatory yeah
1: when you see it then it'll be there <laughs> that's right that's
0: right all right my friends so i'm going to close us out uh like i always do with a quote on dreaming um and for today don't call it a dream call it a plan and so all my friends out there um in internet land. Thank you once again for devoting a little bit of time to me because time is precious. You can never get it back. As I heard this young lady say on her own podcast, um, I appreciate you. I love you. And, uh, I'll see you in the funny paper. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.